you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is jealous of Mark's Mexican vacation. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and oh my goodness, she's back. Don't call it a comeback, Lindsay Rhodes. Woohoo! Hola. Hey, Dan. <laughs> I've had m- multiple. About Mexican vacation. Yeah, I've had multiple <laughs> listeners over the last week actually uh, DM me. One I was in a real conversation with about like, oh, so when are you going on this Mexico trip? I was like, it is an utter lie. I am never going to Mexico. <laughs> well, what do you mean? It's the off season now. You got you got your feet in the sand. You got your, your oh, little wigglies. Go. Your wigglies in the sand. I mean, it's all it's Piggly projection. Wigglies. It's just you're wishing it on me, and I appreciate the concept, but it, it will not be happening. I'll little... be happy to volunteer to take Mark's place as right, the one going on excursions all off. Season. I mean, the Super Bowl's over, so this is as we can tell from this week. Obviously, we are now downshifting into a really easy time in the NFL calendar. Meanwhile, was that person on Twitter, like, casing your house in this conversation? I don't know. When are you going? How long are you going for? Uh, I wasn't. (laughs) Is everyone in your family going with you? That's fair. It's time for our family to be robbed. We've been here long enough, and there have been no no incidents of that. You can take some of the material objects out of my house, please. Uh, Mark. Mark balked immediately at your contention that this is an easy time of year. I know. I was trying to instigate Mark a reaction out of him. Did not <laughs> succeed. Only an eye roll. Uh, Mark, you speaking of possessions, you lost your bag in Minnesota or somewhere in the world. And a lot of your hot new clothes that you had purchased. All of them outside of this shirt. It's the only shirt I have. Just right answer now. me one question. Yeah. You didn't, they did not take from you your fancy hot jeans with all the holes in them. No, that's oh, the only wow. pair of jeans oh, I have. God. <laughs> well, thank God. He's my, literally wearing no, them right now. My only, my two other pairs of oh, jeans that God. I wear and the other like tan pants that I got are gone. Six <laughs> shirts are gone. All underwear and socks are gone outside of like the most backup version of that garment. Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. You're down to so, your fourth string quarterback in most of your clothing. It's, it is obnoxious. I thought I'd beat the system because I took a later flight and gained like a $800 gift card, which Smart. I thought I've totally, I've beaten Delta Cancun. entirely. Smart. And in now the you're end. you need to use that to buy your clothes back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's utterly absurd. That's, that's life. Isn't that life? But the jeans, to me, was the jeans purchase was the breakout purchase of your, uh, your clothes horse phase that you're going through. And well, that fact that you still have the, okay. your fancy holes jeans, I'm very excited. This is actually a three-year-old purchase that I rediscovered and put back into the lineup. Now it is fully in the lineup. And Lindsay, uh, we it's been a while since it's you've been, been on the so show. It's been so long. It's been too long. Last off season, early. I, I think, think so. Yeah. <sighs> I've missed you guys. It's it's not the same without you. But now that the season's over, Lindsay's back with us, and it's a great show to be back. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the last time uh, that the week after the Super Bowl produced so much news. Oh, my gosh. I mean, poor Eagles. Well, I mean, every time where they're like, hey, we have a day. And someone's like, hold my beer. (laughs) Drowned out. Exactly. Rosenthal picks this week. uh, Mr. Greg Rosenthal. 
uh, of NFL media picks this week to take a vacation. And I, I got a feeling he's actually in my luggage. <laughs> I have a feeling he wishes he was here to talk because we got a big parade. We got a big quarterback deal. And yes, big, big drama surrounding the Colts and the Patriots. So let's get to it. So much to get to. Mark's ready. Once he gets his bag back, you are hitting the road. You're going down to Mexico. Going to get that pina colada that's in the coconut, that one. I'll just go with it at this point. I'd be happy to do that. At this point, it's just you and a bindle stick. (laughs) The offseason is here. Let's do some news. The rivalry is back on. Is it, though? I don't know. Our old friend Chris Ballard knows how rivalries work. But uh, there is so much to get to here because Josh McDaniels, was supposed to be the Indianapolis Colts head coach. We had heard it for weeks and weeks and weeks that it was going to happen. Then right around the Super Bowl, percolation, I call it. Percolation. Started hearing some things that maybe uh, Josh was getting cold feet. Well, it became official on Tuesday, or was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday, that McDaniels withdrew from an agreement to become the well, Colts Tuesday head coach. Well, Tuesday night. It was Tuesday. Tuesday night, sorry. Thank yeah, you, Tuesday Mark. Night. Uh, and will remain the Patriots' offensive coordinator instead with a sweetened deal. Uh, this was a crazy development that stunned the Colts, who not only had announced that they had, re- and reached, a, had reached an agreement with McDaniels to be their new ho- head coach, they had also scheduled an introductory news conference for Wednesday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Jet fans are getting flashbacks to Bill Belichick uh, walking out on them on the day of the wedding. Uh, Chris Ballard, who's... Been through a lot. Had a press conference on Wednesday to talk about things. Uh, we'll start with this, Mark, and then I'll throw it to you because you wrote a great write-up on uh, NFL.com. Uh, how the news was delivered to Ballard that McDaniels wasn't coming. He said he had bad news for me. I just said, I just need a yes or no answer. You in or out? Um, we went around for a minute, and he said he's out. And I said, okay, we're going to move forward. I wish you best of luck. Mark. How do you think Ballard handled this? Let's start here, uh, uh, reacting to it as a crazy thing. Well, I mean, I can't imagine a tougher press conference dropped out of the skies where you, you don't have the owner with you. You simply had to go out there on your own and explain what looked like a massive snafu. And Ballard, who's taken heat on this show for whatever reason, I thought handled it as well as Henry, <laughs> general manager I've watched do anything in the past year. I mean, he went he went right at it, head on, answered any question. He took full accountability for the fact that he basically told the team, you can announce the agreement. I feel that good about what Josh McDaniels has told me. They had a relationship. He took him at his word. Josh McDaniels backed out. You know, it's easy to look at the Colts and say, well, the Colts screwed this up or something here. It's just the opposite. I think Josh McDaniels obviously was compelled by a very strong message out of New England you stay here, and we'll make sure that the good things happen to you. And maybe sooner than later. But from the Colts' angle, Ballard, I wonder if this could be a blessing in disguise. Because everyone just looks at Josh McDaniels and said, oh, the next Bill Belichick. Well, we have no concept after what we've seen from him as Denver's head coach or what he pulled here that he'd be any better as a head coach than Frank Reich, John Filippo. Dave Taub, fill in the blank. We just don't know. So maybe, if anything, with that rivalry being back on, this was a good move for the Colts, or a blessing in disguise, I should say. Well, here's what Ballard said. He, he was not interested in convincing McDaniels once he got that phone call. There was no persuasion. Let me make this clear. I want 
and we want as an organization a head coach that wants to be all in. We got work to do. I'm not I'm not once hid that. We have work to do. And I want somebody that's 100% committed to partnering with us and getting that work done. And Lindsay, the Colts obviously now scrambling, have requested interviews uh, with our boy Dan Campbell, former uh, Dolphins interim uh, coach uh, back in the day, and Frank Reich. And, uh, and Leslie Frazier. And Leslie Frazier. So they are now, rightfully, and they have no other choice, scrambling to get things set up while every other team has things locked in place. Yeah, they're definitely behind the eight ball. I mean, we are uh, five weeks away from free agency, I think. We've got the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. This is not a position that a team wants to be put in. And I, I don't understand the reaction to make fun of the Colts uh, on a national level. Like, I get the Patriots fans protecting Josh McDaniels, and I understand that. But the snark that has been directed toward the Colts, I don't understand. There is a rule that is in place that you can't hire a coach until after they're out of the playoffs. So it's all kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. That's what happens. The Lions did it with Patricia. They knew they had their guy, but they couldn't make it official. That's what was in place with Josh McDaniels. Everything we heard was that they had a second interview, and everybody said, oh, but that interview is in quotes because what it really was was a planning meeting to make sure we're all on the same page about where to move forward. He reached out to assistant coaches. One was already working in the building. There were people under contract. Obviously, the coach is telling them who to hire. It's not like Chris Ballard had any indication as far as those things were concerned that he should be concerned that this person who gave him his word that he would come be their coach was going to back out at the last second. So to suggest that he shouldn't have scheduled a press conference to me is crazy. Dead Uh, on. I I just... I think I, I understand. Look, if you if at the for whatever reason, if Josh McDaniels felt like he needed to turn the job down at the last second, then fine. You do what's best for you. But in my opinion, you need to come forward, put your hand in the air, say, my bad. I screwed over a lot of people. I'm really sorry that this happened. This is what I felt like I needed to do. Like there has to be ownership of that to a degree. Sure. I don't understand the finger pointing in the direction of Indianapolis right now. And I know that Josh isn't doing that, but I think that's well said, and snark is easy, which is why it's the most popular form of look-at-me wit on Twitter. It's it's too easy to be snarky. If you look deeper, like you said, this is about the Patriots, not about the Colts. Josh McDaniel, I don't think he got cold feet. He just got convinced. And this is is part of the risk, for, and it's a reminder to all teams going forward, of putting all your eggs in the basket of a team, these teams that are involved with the Super Bowl, because if something terrible happens, this is a worst-case Scenario, and it's so funny, right before this news broke, I was watching, I was going through the DVR. You know, you fall behind on your television when you go cover the Super Bowl. Got to catch up on the crown. So I got to get in on the crown. Uh, 30 for 30 with two bills, something I had been looking forward to for a long time. And it it almost predicted this because in the 80s, I believe, it was either mid to late 80s, maybe even early 90s, Bill Belichick, then under Bill Parcells, was going to take a job – uh, with the Vikings, I believe it was. And Parcell said, hey, if you if you feel like you need to do it, do it. But let me tell you something. If you want to stay, what I can do is, you know, start involving you in the behind-the-scenes wheelings and dealings and the responsibilities that come with being a head coach. Start to show you what this job is really about. And maybe eventually you take over for me. And that was enough to convince Belichick uh, that he should stay because Parcells was such a master. I am almost certain that the same thing happened with Belichick and McDaniels, where Belichick said, hey, 
I get it if you want to take that job. It's a great job. But if you stay here, you could be my successor, and I'll teach you how it works to be a head coach at this level. Mike Reese of ESPN reported exactly that, that Belichick sat him down and said, I will teach you the ways of the salary cap. I will teach you roster construction, and I will invest in your future. And and I think your instincts on – that Parcells to Belichick uh, transition really played out here. Well, and it also obviously involves Kraft. It, you, it's from ownership on down. And I'm surprised that hasn't already been happening because McDaniels has been under his wing forever. But if, if that's the case, it, the, the message must have been so strong that you will take over for me when that happens. And I know this probably will not be the case. There's a little part of me that still feels like this early offseason could contain one more massive bombshell if Belichick is still wondering in the back of his mind if he wants to go through this for one more year. I think, he, I think it's like a 98% chance that he will. But now they have that person in place to take over when it happens. Here's what I don't understand. All of those things that we just discussed could have been discussed a month ago. Like, it's not like I understand that you're focused on a playoff run, but there isn't a minute in the late hours at the office where you're just putting your feet up and, like, grabbing a cup of coffee to get you through the midnight hours where you could say, hey, could I have five minutes of your time? Could we kind of get on the same page here? I'm about to make a massive commitment. Let's discuss. That's the part that I don't understand. I'm kind of mad on behalf of the Colts organization that you've been able to pick up on. It's it's an odd It's how the Patriots operate, and they the way it was presented to the public, it seems, is that Everything was on the back burner. It was all about the playoffs and the Super Bowl, which makes sense on one on That's one believable. hand. It's believable. But on the other hand, there is this huge life decision, and there are other people involved, all those guys that are under contract with the Colts now who don't know who their boss is. Uh, there's been indications, I guess, that they, th- those guys, including a defensive coordinator, will remain with the team regardless of who the Colts hire. But it's just such a, a big mess, and it's during such a tough time for the Colts, Edwin Jackson, their linebacker, was tragically killed in a DUI um, accident um, on Super Bowl weekend. Andrew Luck's status is still so up in the air with his shoulder, although Ballard did say, Mark, that there won't be um, more surgery. But we're, we've heard... Well, he said that based off before. not hearing the doctors say that, that Andrew Luck needs surgery. That still feels like whoever inherits that job is in for, like last season, months of having to answer Andrew Luck questions and on the on the Jackson front, he basically opened the press conference saying, Ballard. "I know ba- ba- Ballard opened the press conference saying, I know what we're going to talk about is a tough situation for the Colts, but this whole weekend was a lot tougher than having a coach walk away from us." He said, "We'll figure that part out. The first part's very tough." And what stood out to me too, every time he talked about Edwin Jackson, he mentioned Jeffrey Monroe, who was the Uber driver who was also killed by that drunk driver. And I thought just the mm. human aspect of that really touched me because obviously Edwin Jackson's name is been used to politicize the situation. It's being used because he's the famous person. Uh, but Jeffrey Monroe's life is no less valuable. And I, 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 I had a great deal of respect for Chris Ballard for the way that he included him. I think that tells you something about Chris Ballard. Yep. From, the- from the Patriots angle, just real quick, though, they go from losing both coordinators, O-line coach, special teams coach, one of their quarterbacks coaches, possibly Gronk to retirement, all of that was in play as of Tuesday afternoon, and now all of it could be returning to New England just to reload for another Super Bowl run. Other than Patricia. Minus but. Patricia. Right, but you've got Brian Flores as a guy who's likely to be elevated and is highly respected, already getting head coaching interviews. To me, 
it looked like on Tuesday we could be saying goodbye to the Patriots dynasty, and now it looks like more of the same for next year. I think it's still over. I think we were at the <laughs> funeral on Sunday. We're in a new chapter. There's no doubt about that. And if you're Josh McDaniels, how is there no doubt? There's no doubt that it's a new chapter because Tom yeah. Brady is not. I don't think he's going to play for six more years. You might get the later stage of Tom Brady. You're going to lose Belichick at some Talking point. Talking about a gradual here. decline. Good for you. Buddy. I think I just threw for a gradual wait. organizational changes. Way to grab your spot on Tom versus time next year. <laughs> I, there you go. I just You're think everyone: voice. Romeo Cornell, Adapt. Eric Mangini, Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniels. The first time he was a head coach, which is an utter disgraceful head coaching job by him in Denver. These guys don't leave New England and automatically become Bill Belichick 2.0. And one last fun little nug: uh, Bob Lamonte, who is the agent or was the agent of Josh McDaniels. Publicly, he didn't make it. He wanted. He turned this into a show uh, to to pump up the Lamonte brand, I guess. First, told, tells her own Mikey Garofolo that he had terminated the relationship um, uh, and let it be known that he thought it was perhaps the biggest biggest professional mistake of his career, McDaniel's career, by backing out of that Colts deal so late. And then he gave a quote to Garofolo: "My word is my bond. Once you break that, there's, there's nothing no else." Whatever, bro. <laughs> Is that how he said it? Yes. He also exactly. represents Chris Ballard. Yeah. So there was some drama. sneaky some conflicts. Greg Rosenthal versus I loved Lamonte it. Heat on Twitter. Greg got really fired up <laughs> on Twitter. He's like, all the times oh, Lamonte please. ever leaked, how dare he be sanctimonious? I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was I good. asked for more of it. Didn't yeah. get it? <laughs> Greg back to vacation. All right. So that's what's going on. The other big news, and this was involves the Patriots on some level, a former Patriot at least. Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo traded in the middle of last season for a second round pick. From the Pats to the 49ers, eventually took over the starting job at the end of San Francisco's season, went 5-0, and um, you know, comeback wins, great throws, great physical looks, attraction. Uh, a lot of the men in this studio attracted on a, on a strange Are level Are you? to Jimmy G, you know. Okay. He's got those dark fe- fe- features. I just like him. Handsome guy. Handsome guy. No doubt. The 49ers, they're attracted to Jimmy J. I don't know how, but I will tell you, financially, they decide to keep him around. Five-year deal worth $137.5 million, uh, according to Mikey Garofalo. Um, <laughs> you know, why did Gar- there have Gar- to be? Garofalo, which is, uh, so yeah. you cannot put Garofalo and Garofalo in the same sentence. Yes. Oh, like, I, that's just no, messing I, with pronunciations, Got right? stuck doing that today, and it's, uh, you should not, he should not be, Garofalo no. should not be allowed to report on Garofalo. I agree. Pass then, it off yep. like, for the rest of us. And then the, Janine Garofalo, Agreed. or what's your name? She, Garofalo. Janine. Yeah, Janine. Yeah. I, she's been on the pop culture grid for literally like 24 years, and now I am still like dealing with that, and now you got Garofalo in the mix? Come on, man. Too much. <laughs> It ain't right. Anyway, Jimmy G got paid. Uh, the deal is the largest in NFL history on an average per year basis. Stafford, uh, Matt Stafford, held the mark of $27 million per year. Garofalo, uh, Garofalo, Garofalo. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. His deal averaged $27.5 million. Lindsay, that's probably going to be quickly uh, blown away as number one. Uh, by some of these other uh, hot shots coming up down the pike, including Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers and so on. But are you surprised that he got top-of-the-line no. franchise star money? No, because he's clearly their franchise quarterback right now. I mean, I know it's a very small sample size, but and he looked so good, and he made the team so much better in ways that 
are even subtle. Like the defense was playing better. Uh, and, and people who do actually know what they're seeing, unlike myself, David Carr was saying he's making throws out there that there are only a couple quarterbacks in the league that can make those throws. And so when you have people who actually know the quarterbacking position, look at him and say, like, this is not smoke and mirrors. He is the real deal. And yes, it's a small sample size, but the what they're seeing leads them to believe that he will continue to look like this in the future. Um, I, I think you have to pay him like he's a franchise quarterback, and that's the going right. There was so much outrage on Twitter from some pockets. I don't know Shocking. what they're watching that he got paid by this, but you already have from Bill Belichick and the entire Patriots coaching staff that they felt this way about him. Had, had the situation been different, they would have paid him this. Throw Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers organization on top of that. And like you said, a bunch of other people around the league that they don't need 170 games to figure out you pay this guy. The cap situation, number one, is this is not 2011. You can pay these people. We knew he was going to get paid. He barely eclipsed Stafford. He's going to get eclipsed quickly by Cousins. Three years from now, this deal will look like a total steal because he will be a Super Bowl participant by then, maybe even Whoa. more than once. I don't doubt it at all. They can Let turn me that mark team that around. Three years they will now. turn that team around that quickly. What he did... In the course of one season for the 49ers, how often do you see a quarterback step in and do that from a team that was raging towards the first pick in the draft to the closing out with four or five straight wins? They were 1-11, and and then they went 5-0, and and Jimmy G had the highest drive success rate of any quarterback in the NFL. That's my favorite offensive statistic. 62% of drives with Jimmy G ended in a touchdown, ended That's in a score. Crazy. The Patriots led the league at 51% for the entire season. That's wow. an insane rate. And the same lemmings who are outraged were the ones who were calling Jimmy G Matt Castle because you have to compare every backup with the Patriots mm. to every other backup. Jimmy G, I mean, fans have been conditioned by sports with guaranteed contracts like baseball and basketball to question all these mega deals. When's the last NFL team that regretted paying a franchise quarterback? You can get out of it after two years. Nope, the Bengals didn't regret paying Dalton. The Chiefs didn't regret, regret paying Alex Smith. The 49ers got out of Kaepernick after a couple of years. Even two well, years was a lot for Brock Osweiler, but yes, you get right. out after two That's, years. You, there's the rare example, and, they're, yeah. and they, they're free of it. But, I mean, what is the other option? You found this guy. You got, you, you're the team that somehow got him for a second-round pick. It's the heist of the decade. Exactly. So you follow through. There was literally not a single person inside the organization where you're going to do anything but sign. It wasn't even a heist. It's a fair deal. It would, be, it would be like if the bank just gave you all of its diamonds. Yeah. You don't even have to go in under the lasers. Right. The bank's just like, here, take them. You don't have to do the Catherine zeta jones no. in that bad 90s movie. Dips beneath lasers. Dip. Every year there's always an wow, season conversation about teams that go from worst to that's first. Good. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best example of that this year. I'm not saying that the Niners are going to end up in the Super Bowl next year or that they're going to win it, but they're the – easiest pick to go from worst yes. to first. And they're in a tough division, so I'm not saying that that's going to be necessi- that they'll be first, but they are the most obvious choice. Well, they started that journey, you know, with a month to go last season. You already seen it on paper and they'll continue to build. I mean, they still have high draft picks galore and you don't have to make it you don't have to swing for the fences on Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield. No, that's why it was, it's a perfect situation. Hope walked in the room the second that trade happened. Mark, and there's hope for you and I when you look at Garoppolo and you look at the Niners, you get a good quarterback in there, everything changes. Everything changes. Immediately, and that's what happened with the Niners. Uh, Matt Patricia, we brought him up before, introduced as the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. A little bit of, I liked a little bit of a panache from uh, 
our friend. <laughs> we haven't seen a head coach put the pencil behind the ear since when, Wes? Pencil behind the ear, head Tony coach. Sperano? Tony Sperano? <laughs> Janine Garofalo is the answer. <laughs> um, no, um, Mike Tice did it with the Vikes. Oh, t- mm. it, uh, I always thought he was going to lose an eyeball or something. And Patricia, uh, famously, you always get hung up on the big bushy beard and those manic eyes, but he always has the pencil behind the ear, and he stopped the press conference in Detroit and said, hey, I got to get comfortable. Puts the pencil behind his ear. 12-4 and four Detroit Lions in 2018. <laughs> Uh, and he also he made it clear that Jim Bob Cooter will be back. Didn't specify that it would be the OC, but you imagine it will be. Well, and they, how well uh, a local reporter later clarified, did some digging, OC. said he is the OC. OC. And he's not looking to, even though Bob Quinn, also Patriots ties, not looking to reproduce the Patriot way. You know what they're looking to do? The Lions way. There you go. Oh, Nailed so it. clever. Uh, finally. Will training camp start a month late there this year? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You, yeah, Lindsay, you might have missed this one. I know you listen to every episode, but um, the Lions were the last to report to camp. Greg points out that it was just it was all scheduling and, and it, it, they didn't do anything wrong. But all I'm saying is you get to camp earlier in 2018, maybe get to the playoffs. I think I would have been, they would have been a shoe in for the postseason. That kind of hung around them psychologically all year, I think. Set the tone, really. <laughs> Finally, Malcolm Butler, there continues to be you know, a mystery around why the cornerback who played in 97.5% uh, percent of Patriot snaps was benched in Super Bowl 52. Butler addressed the issue in a Twitter post on Tuesday, uh, disputing reports that his benching uh, was linked to disciplinary action. Uh, here's what he said. During Super Bowl week, I never attended any concert. I went to a couple concerts. Did not see Malcolm Butler, so that checks out. <laughs> Missed curfew or part- participated in any of the ridiculous activities being reported. They are not only false, but hurtful to me and my family. Note, and my free agency value. <laughs> Patriots are dirty. Although I wish I could have contributed more to help my team win, I have to get ready for the next opportunity, a.k.a. I gone. And um, Tom Brady, almost immediately, six minutes after that post, wrote, Love you, Malcolm. You are an incredible player and teammate and friend, always. You think Tom Brady's just like clicking reflux? That was the underrated storyline of that story. Does Tom Brady run his own Instagram? Like, do you think he's sitting there scrolling on his yeah. phone and that he found that, or does he have a social media team that did it on his behalf? I think that got kicked to him, though, because that wouldn't be news immediately. If That's they're a true. good team, it wouldn't be like, hey, let's just free, let's just sort of freeform Tom Brady's response to this radioactive situation. <laughs> That's so true. They'll be buried Unless you under really a highway. trust your team. Like, you You've got to really guys, trust them. But Brady has a very active social media um, uh, wing, arm, and uh, I, my guess is what you're saying is, uh, somebody's refresh. It's like Tom. We got a hot yeah. situation here on IG. <laughs> we got a situation on the IG. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Someone's job was getting paid for you know like about four hundred thousand dollars a year just to refresh Instagram. Like, we got a hot situation here. Butler has addressed the the uh, the controversy. We, uh, you said you wanted to help out, uh, Malcolm. Uh, this is your chance to respond. Over. <laughs> Uh, all right, and that's what's happening in the news. However, we have so much to get to. I can't even find my god papers. What? Here it is. That, we have to bring it back. It's been a while. Little odds and ends. And I'll tell you what, Colleen Wolf, a.k.a. Connie Fox, who's going to join us later from Philadelphia, where she anchored coverage with Kyle Brandt from Philadelphia of the uh, Super Bowl parade. She usually handles our odds and ends song that gets us into our speed round of news. Okay. Lindsay? 
This is what it sounds like. When she does that? When she does it. Okay. Odds and ends, odds and ends. Let's get some odds and ends. Get your odds and ends right here. Oh, see, why'd you put that in my head? It's hard not to it's, mimic it when it you've just out. heard I don't want it. You yeah. to, let's wipe it away. No, no mimic, but I'll give you the lyrical content. Odds and ends. Odds, and, odds ends. and ends. Let's get your odds and ends. Let's get your odds and ends. Or you could, okay. you know, you could like Sinatra, how he would throw things in, like right okay. here. <laughs> Whatever you want. In it's the spirit here. of Colleen, should I wrap it? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. You know, we wanted to put that on the show, but I think uh, everybody freaked out. Cardi B, uh, yeah, Colleen did a infringement infringement situation. But uh, Colleen did a live Cardi B rap. Or, Saw that. Or it's it making the commercial. They put, yeah. We we can't play it. Shadow League figures don't let us have fun around here, anymore, uh, Lindsay. All right, here we go. Um, here comes the music, and then straight into 8 O'Clock Delight, Lindsay Fulton. Lindsay Rhodes, this is your stage. Would somebody like to beatbox over this? or? I think you got the wrong room for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Greg the only here. reason why I would ask. Yeah, if hip-hop uh, stud Greg Rosenthal is here, maybe. Like, I want you to really show off your beatboxing boxing skills. I want you to show people how I could try you are. if you okay. want help. Okay, here we go. All right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> It's your odds and ends right now. I like it. That was new. Plenty of odds. There's my. That's my Tom Brady. uh, What did he say? Patriots out. Like no, no, Tom, no. It's not you, Tom. All right, we got to get all this in. This is the speed round. Got to be quick here. Hit it, Fulton. All right, Chief CEO did not want. To trade Alex Smith to the Broncos, Wes. What's your takeaway on that? Well, there's different schools of thoughts. Mike Brown of the Bengals believes you can do interdivision trades if you pay a premium for the player. Bill Belichick once traded Drew Bledsoe to the Bills within the division. It's not unheard of, but I think most people believe you don't you don't help out your division rival. Panthers placed interim GM Marty Herney on paid leave amid an NFL investigation into harassment accusations made against him by his former wife. Mike Garofolo reported a lot of unease. You think I'm going to set you up sort of for a tough answer, Mark? A lot of unease uh, around the Panthers right now. Aren't it? Yeah, much more to go on that case. I will allow them to handle it. Thank you. You're R- like red. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, he may be retiring from football, but he won't be ready to just exit. He's not going to be like Johnny Carson after he left the Tonight Show and disappear on his yacht. He wants to be in the public eye. According to the North Andover Eagle Tribune, Gronk is considering a career in acting. According to the report, Sly Stallone and The Rock both told Gronk that he could, quote, make millions in action films. Lindsay, you buying or selling? He he can't even sell the Patriot way with a straight face. Like, he answers (laughs) questions. Like, he can't not say 69 without giggling. Like, how in the world is he going to be an actor? I, I can't agree more. What evidence do we have that he can act? Well, he was in a movie. Don't you remember? What if this Hall's been a character? Maybe he's a true wordsmith underneath. A reality the, show. The whole Gronk thing is a character. He's Check out the trailer on YouTube. You can't have it. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in terms of a trailer. Hey, Russell Wilson got traded. Can't believe we buried this so far in the news. Um, it was to the Yankees. The Rangers traded his uh, rights to the Yankees. Wilson West said that he's always been a dream to play for the Yankees, so he'll be at spring training. It's like a... Career 227 hitter in single A, which is lower than Michael Jordan was played in the baseball. This guy, I think it's just a gift for social media managers that you can put Russell Wilson and Yankees <laughs> in the same section on Twitter and get clicks. 
I think you you nailed that uh, perfectly, <laughs> my friend. Uh, also, an Eagles fan stole a seat from U.S. Bank Stadium. I saw that. How is that possible? We were at the game. What? Yeah, he stole a seat, had it included in his carry-on luggage back to Philly. He got busted for it. He's agreed to pay uh, a fee, I believe, in the range of a thousand to two thousand dollars to pay back. The city of Minnesota. That's like the woman who tried to sneak a bag of wine in her bra into the game. Like, who? What are these people thinking? Both admirable. How do you do that? Although he got away with it. First of all, it's it's not yours. That's not. That's it. That's eight o'clock. I like Wes pointing out the core (laughs) issue with robbery. Well, look, it's, it's not yours. It's not yours. Give it <laughs> back. True. This guy could also be implicated in your suitcase scenario. Well, probably what they did was they, they took seven or eight, eight, maybe eighteen to twenty suitcases that look suspicious, and they're all under under a bunker, including this mine. man. Obviously, has light fingers. I love the visual of of West there in the stadium after the game. The guy's going out with his chair, and he's like, "That is not yours." <laughs> hey, Mister Man, what are you up to? Seriously. <laughs> What's, what's with robbery? It's not yours. Just don't take it. Well, Les, now you're, now it you're makes a lot of a sense. Greater societal ill. Just now we're just getting deep. Start acting like an adult, people. All right. And finally, um, Mark, one more takeaway on the Marty Herney situation. <laughs> uh, I, I will be filing some briefs and some reports later on that. Check my social media for that. Oh, time's up on that conversation. <laughs> um, all right. That's uh, what's happening in the news officially. All right. So. And it's time to get um, the great Connie Fox on the line. Colleen, who was what a what a year for Colleen, Lindsay. Now you are mm. this, let's break down the hierarchy here. No, uh, let's not. Let's do why, why are you what, <laughs> is, <laughs> what can be gained by this conversation? Uh, my, my point is, is Lindsay's that, like, why do I appear at most once a year on the show? Oh, now I. <laughs> oh, you guys, I just got a text from my producer. I got to go. <laughs> Lindsay Rhodes is the queen. And now when you're not this isn't going in the direction That's, you think I'm I'm sending it. I'm saying it's great to have Lindsay around because Lindsay is so important at the network. Lindsay has the power to make anything go away. Right. Us, yeah. Because she's the yeah. co anchor uh, apparently I don't. And of Mark's luggage. <laughs> total access. Total access, which is our flagship program on NFL Network, which airs Monday through Saturday at all different times. But usually seven PM Fri- Eastern. Friday. Um but yeah, it's seven Eastern. Oh, it's not Saturday? Yeah, not anymore. Okay. Now mm. they do the Good Morning Football Weekend you made starring Connie way. Fox. <laughs> there you go. And Connie Fox is about to join us on the line, is doing such great work. We're proud of Connie because Connie is not only is she on like 14 podcasts, which I've had conversations with her privately, <laughs> but I'd like her to just be on our podcast. The Sheck thing has never sat well with me. I'm just being honest with you. That would be cleaner. But that's that's a thing. He so, literally so. just got physically uncomfortable and had to adjust his collar. <laughs> I know. Good morning, football weekend edition, of course, uh, and also the Power Ranking Show. And she's also an Eagles fan. This is what I'm trying to get to. Things are going right, great for Connie right now. It's and now she joins us. Or yeah, does she? Fox. I've called her three times, and it went from ringing and ringing to then sending it to voicemail <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> you know when it rings? Like after yeah. it rings, and then it goes right to voicemail? She's big-timing you. Should we text her? She maybe, I, maybe I built it up too much. She's so popular now yeah, that she, she can't answer the phone. Colleen, are you with us? <laughs> I like it. That was new. Ah, there she is. You know, we A couple phone calls. i got to admit, there are a few phone calls, and it did not, there was no pickup. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that Wait. maybe the partying had started. 
So the partying has started. Not going to lie. Going to be transparent about that. But I, <laughs> I looked at my phone and I'm like, God, this number keeps calling me back. And then it literally like oh, no. two minutes ago clicked. And I was like, oh, my God, it's you guys. So, hey, I'm here. <laughs> there she is. Colleen, you, of course. We're, uh, and by the way, you're joined Lindsay Rhodes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, who lost his luggage but still has his handsome hole jeans. That's all that's left. You were in Philadelphia anchoring the coverage. And before we get into it, let's now all together with Colleen listen to – we could have played all like five, ten minutes of Jason, uh, Jason Kelsey's speech on the steps no. of the Philadelphia. <laughs> Don't Literally Don't couldn't have. Yeah, he couldn't have. But let's, let's play the, the money clip uh, no. of Kelsey addressing the crowd. No one wanted us. No one liked this team. No analysts liked this team to win the Super Bowl. King and Kyle nobody Kelsey. likes our fans. And you know what? I've just heard one of the best chants this past day. And it's one of my favorite and it's new. And I hope you all learn it. Because I'm about to drop it right now. You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? What my man Jay and John just said. So, Colleen, I'm asking this, and we'll have, you'll have to bleep this too, Miss Fulton. Um, what did he actually say? Because I don't know. Well, he was singing a song, and every other word was. F- <laughs> so, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to bleep that. But it was it was something about being from Philly and f- you, and he, oh. he just sang that over and over, and it really got the crowd hyped. Now, was this to you as a native uh, Philadelphian? Was it kind of a, a perfect, like, kind of highlight of, and it will be how this parade's remembered, Kelsey. The way he addressed the crowd, the way that he, he didn't care if he was working a little blue, it felt to me like perfect Philly. Uh, do you agree as someone from the area? Oh, my God. I mean, everybody is going to embrace Jason Kelsey even more after that because on top of how wonderful he, he engaged the crowd and how he brought up things that were kind of irreverent, And it didn't even matter because he brought it full circle and he did it all in a mummer's outfit, which (laughs) I'm from Philadelphia and I still can't really describe what a mummer is. They asked me on the broadcast and I like hemmed and hawed because I don't really even know. It's a kind of weird thing. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Lindsay uh, Rhodes walked into the studio today in her. What is it? Mumra? Mummers. Mummers. (laughs) It's not really a mummer's. But it's the closest thing. Oh, oh God, Lindsay, what are you wearing? (laughs) We'll take a picture. Yeah, I'm about to post it on social media. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, So, yeah, it's such a cool moment. But beyond that, everybody's going to remember when he turned into a total professional wrestler and started (laughs) dropping F-bombs in front of like 80,000 people or whatever. But it was so awesome. He went through he went through all the players and like all these guys. Everybody said Lane Lane Johnson couldn't lay off the juice. Uh, Jay Ajayi couldn't stay healthy. Nick Foles couldn't play. Like he went through. So Nelson Aguilar players. couldn't catch a ball. Yeah. Right. right. So it was very cool. What else? Um, what were the other kind of big takeaways from uh, the parade? Well, so I stayed at a hotel on Broad Street, which is like where the um, where the parade kind of went down, and I woke up out of a dead sleep. 
and heard all of these eagles chants and horns were honking and people were screaming and I flew out of bed and was like, oh, my God, I missed the parade. The parade is, is going past my hotel right now. And I grabbed my phone and look at the time, expecting it to be like 11 o'clock in the morning. And it was 1 a.m. People were outside, lined up, getting after it at 1 o'clock in the morning last night. And then we talked to some people who were by the art museum today where everything kind of culminated. And there were people who had been outside since 10 o'clock at night, just kind of scouting it out and trying to get the best spot possible. That's cool. See, that is, that's why, and Patriots fans will disagree because you always want to win, but why, and the NFL was good to have so, a, a fresh face win the Super Bowl, and what, what better than a team that had never won the Super Bowl because you get this whole fresh experience for an entire region and you have this unforgettable day. I was talking to Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Uh, she told me she was nervous about the Cavs and the trade deadline. They basically traded away half their team. But the, Lindsay, the favorite your favorite day of your life, or one of the most exciting days of your life, was the Cavs victory parade after they beat the Warriors two years ago. Yes, and my dad still to this day with four kids says that that was the best day of his life was that victory parade. So, <laughs> so I know the, how you feel, Colleen. But where do you? I know you were working, Colleen. But is this kind of like a pretty special cherry on top uh, of an amazing season for you? Yeah, I mean to see the Eagles do as well. To, to just see them win and win and win and win and then kind of be called the underdogs and go through everything that they went through this year with all the injuries. It was so amazing to be able to be at the Super Bowl and watch them win a Super Bowl, see Brian Dawkins be get get his Hall of Fame nod, and then to go back to Philly and cover the parade. I mean, I'm still kind of a little in shock, and it's hard <laughs> for me to wrap my head around all of this. But it's been so awesome, and to be able to celebrate with friends and family right now is even better. Well, I just want to know, because you, you're attached to this podcast with a bunch of people who have never really seen their teams achieve anything. And months ago, you were right in that group with us, and you were really down when Wentz got hurt. But yet you felt like, oh, it's kind of better because Eagles fans should have like really rough things happen, and then this yeah. feels more appropriate. You're an adult. You work in football. You know, it's the, the innocence of being like a young sports fan is not there. But does the feeling, what is the feeling as an adult when you watch your Super Bowl, your team win the Super Bowl after so many years? I really want to know if it's I even. I love that you're oh, like, please. Is it even worth so I can live right Should we even still chase this? Or yeah. should we just say, you know what? There's probably better things in life. Or is this as mountaintop no. as we would think? Was it worth the wait? It was so worth it. It was so worth it. I had no idea that the feelings that I felt were going to happen when they won. Mm. I was like, yes, of course, it would be amazing to watch the Eagles win a Super Bowl, but they're playing the Patriots, and I, I, I'm, I'm worried about that, obviously. And when they won, it was like my friend Kristen, who you guys know, she was FaceTiming with her family, and they were all crying. And I was talking to John, and I was like, man, I wish your dad could have seen this because – he passed away from cancer years ago, and he was such a big Eagles fan, and it was so much more than just watching a game and watching a team win. It was more of, like, just the reason why you love sports and the reason why you get into all of this is because it's about, like, family and those connections and the nostalgia of it all. 
Well, that's um, we're all very happy for you, Colleen, and and I want you to drink plenty of water. How do they say it? Where you're from? Water? <laughs> no, it's water. 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 I think it's called beer, but I mean, okay. What kind of way is that to talk? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's weird because in the South that's how they say it, but I wouldn't. It's a championship way to talk, Dan. <laughs> so all right, now go have fun. Don't rub it in. <laughs> She's already become a hyper annoying uh, fan. I can tell. By the way, Philly fans are going to handle this really oh, well. Yeah. yeah <laughs> They're the next dynasty. You're going to wish New England was back. Uh, so drink. This is the new norm, you know. <laughs> all right, go, go have fun, one. Connie. Okay, all right, bye. bye. There you go. Bye. Be- before we say goodbye to Lindsay Rhodes, a little bit of breaking news. Legit, it's real. The Kansas City Chiefs have released cornerback Darrell Revis. What a day in the NFL. Uh, just two months after signing the uh, former Jets cornerback to a two-year incentive-laden contract, uh, Revis was not an impact player in KC, just as he was not an impact player anywhere after he le- left the Patriots. Hence the breaking news tag. Yeah, but he's Kendall all-time Fuller great. Time. Yeah, he's in a- Kendall Fuller from the Kirk Cousins trade. There you go. Bingo. Make- she connected the dots. Per- she, connected that was- the dot. she did it. I wasn't ready to talk about Kendall Fuller yet. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay said, let's, let's move the story forward. Revis is old news. It's Fuller time. Full tank for Fuller with Lindsay Rhodes. Her new podcast debuting on NFL Media later this month. Um, so Revis gone. Wes, uh, did Revis bring anything of value to the Chiefs? I mean, they got to the playoffs. I don't, I don't think that he played that well. I, no, I don't. Doesn't surprise me that he's gone. He got uh, Connor Orr got sandwiches out of it, but this is kind of what a lot of people expected. That I think Connor Orr got more than the Chiefs got. (laughs) Probably. All right. They brought something of value to him. (laughs) There you go. And now we'll see you again in five years. Well, Lindsay, you've done it again. You came on the show, hit a 480 foot home run. Wow! Wow! That's. Adam Dunn. Okay. All right. Really, uh, really crushed. That's what I am. I'm a home run hitter. (laughs) Uh, And yes, as I said, small ball here. (laughs) Lindsay Rhodes is the uh, co host, I like to say anchor, co anchor of NFL Total Access, our flagship program. Uh, You got to check the show out. Just yesterday, a shouting match between Lindsay and James Jones about Aaron Rodgers' perceived um, status as a franchise quarterback. Right, Lindsay yeah. was not on the side of that. Jones went after her. It was great. Yeah, this totally didn't happen. But <laughs> well, I'm just trying to send <laughs> eyeballs to the show. But, it didn't well, happen. How, how, but... about this, how about this eyeballs to the show? Okay. Willie McGinnis is on the show today. Okay, nice. We will be talking about the Josh McDaniels situation. And he is emphatic that what you think is happening is not happening. Ooh, that's good. Now, you will and hear this show. he may have show. talked to a few people who would know. Hmm. You will hear this show after that airs. However... Um, you will be on the net. It will be on NFL.com. I'm sure this conversation and we'll, we'll, you know what we'll do? We'll send a link out on our around the NFL handle we'll link about this very <laughs> segment yeah. uh, because we're pros and we get the, the time angle here of how things work You're in so entertainment. Sorry. Lindsay, you've done it again. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank and you. now you have Good other to things see to you. do. Yay. Thanks, Click that for your Emmy there reel. There she goes. What? <laughs> a legend. And the odds and ends, it was very nice. She kind of suckered me into doing some beatboxing. That didn't go too well. Brought a new flavor, I thought. it was. But it yeah. was. It was a, it was a hip-hop flavor uh, that maybe I didn't expect. All right. I, I like it. Before, I think you both pulled it off. Before, <laughs> before we go, we like, we like to share big takeaways from the Super Bowl. 
uh, I think last year, as Wes noted on our Super Bowl show, which is still available, obviously, on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all other places other than Spotify. Um, you could check out a Super Bowl uh, recap that was live from uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Uh, we didn't really get to dig into big pictures because we were all, uh, frankly, and I think it had something to do with the weather. I'm not complaining about the cold weather in Minneapolis and the people, as you said, Mark, very nice people. Great week other for in many ways. I think great it grinded, grinded all of us down yeah. uh, by the end of the week. <clears throat> and that Super Bowl show in particular, I don't really remember a lot of it. I'm a little bit delirious <laughs> by the end of the show. So now that we've had a couple of days, I actually got to rewatch the game on the plane back to um, to L.A. here. Um, some big picture takeaways from the game. And we'll start with you, Mark Sessler. Are we doing one or two here? One big picture takeaway. One big. Okay. I don't know where you got this two thing. Well, I had two points, but I'll only make one. You've got to pick the best one. I really love this Eagles team for what they accomplished over the last month of the season. And it's, to me, another example of, and it's easy to go on the road and say, we know nothing and we should stop making predictions. But, all, but really more the, the fact that their internal power completely drowned out the voices of everyone. It's exa- this is how they feel, obviously, too, because of what we heard from Kelsey. But what did the value of everyone knocking them down a peg week after week from the minute Wentz went down right until the Super Bowl, what was the value of that? Literally nothing. The Eagles got to Super Bowl week, and the one thing hanging around them that I felt vibed off them so hard was ultra-confidence. And I think that when you have a team that can, whether it's bunkering down the way they did and taking their own mentality and owning it and taking it to the point where they become the world champions the way they did, that is excellent coaching. It's excellent focus. And it shows how much more powerful that is than everyone with all their negativity, all their snark, and all their preconceived notions about what the Eagles were, who they were, what their limitations were. Everyone was wrong. I have or had the exact same big takeaway. I think it's what this team's feeling Because I think it's a... Not even a lesson because part of your job, if you're a football pundit or you're a member of the football cognoscenti, is to say things like, oh, Carson Wentz is gone. He's such a special player. The Eagles, they might, you know, limp to 12 or 13 wins, but they're done. I think that I don't think that was unfair at the time. Nick Foles was bouncing around the league, was almost out of football. But the one thing we didn't know and what the Eagles obviously knew is that they were so strong within and that, and you see it in the locker room after the game, just how close these guys were and the resolve that they had and the fact that, you know, when the Sparrow that I heard from had mentioned that, oh, we're going to put 40 points. We'll be disappointed if we don't put 40. Nobody thought that could be possible. And I think at the top of all of it is Nick Foles, who is a guy that everyone said, listen, he's not a good quarterback. He's not somebody that could ever deliver back-to-back performances. And then he did it, and then... Um, and let's play it, Lindsay. I thought what Nick Foles said after the game at his Monday press conference uh, when he was asked about kind of the road uh, to get to this moment. I mean, it's it's a special soundbite because it shows you kind of the heart, the measure of a man. I think the big thing is don't be afraid to fail. I think in our society today, you know, Instagram, Twitter, it's a highlight reel. Um, you know, it's all the good things. And then when you look at it, you know, you think like, wow, when you have a rough day, your life's not as good as that. Like, you know, you're failing. And I don't think, you know, failure is part of life. That's a part of building character and growing. Like without failure, who would you be? I wouldn't be up here if I hadn't fallen 
thousands of times, made mistakes. Uh, you know, we all we all are human. We all have weaknesses, and I think throughout this, just being able to share that and be transparent. I know when I listen to people speak and they share their weaknesses, I'm listening because I can resonate. So I'm not perfect. I'm not Superman. Might be in the NFL, and we might have just won the Super Bowl, but hey, we still have daily struggles. I still have daily struggles. So. Um, but that's where my faith comes in. That's where my family comes in. And, you know, I think when you look at a struggle in your life, just know that, you know, that's just an opportunity for your character to grow. Foles might not be a special quarterback, even though he played really well uh, in these last two games. But obviously he's a special type of leader in person. We didn't get to see that until the gauntlet of the Super Bowl. The I playoffs. thought the substance of that speech was among the most impressive that I've ever heard from a pro athlete. And it's a lesson that I think the three of us have learned, me not till later in my life. I'm most impressed the fact that a 29-year-old has reached that place in his life where he he learned that lesson and he knows how important that is. It's one of the great lessons that life will ever teach anyone. Um, My takeaway, you mentioned, Dan, the fresh fresh face of the Eagles. Sort of cult back to Chip Kelly when he came in. He's supposed to be this great innovator but he's rejected by a good portion of the NFL. He, his ideas are rejected. And I think the history of football going back to the 19th century is you have a dichotomy where the juxtaposition of incessant tactical innovation on one hand and sort of high-bound conservative, conservative takes on where the league is going and how players should act on the other hand. And the Eagles married those two. Um, you have – analytics in Doug Peterson's ear when he goes for fourth downs, which a lot of coaches still will not do. Uh, You've got him mixing West Coast traditional NFL offense with college RPOs and marrying those two offenses. And you also have the activism of guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long, which goes against what a lot of NFL people want. And I think the Eagles are a great example. Maybe, you know, it's a copycat league, and maybe we'll start to see – uh, some owners, some executives around the league give more leeway on this type of activism to go with the innovation. I just think they're a great example for the rest of the league on how they handled that everything to do with that. And the one thing on the Chip Kelly, you know, his arrival sent Howie Roseman, as we know, deep into the, the shed millions of miles away from the, the into complex. Into the Poconos, yeah. Into the Poconos. His return, this team, and this is why the offseason does matter. For all the stuff we can't stand about it, Nick Foles, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, LeGarry Blunt, Corey Clement, Nelson Aguilar. None of these guys, Nelson Aguilar seen as trade bait a year ago. The rest of them, none on the team, accounted for 480 of the 536 yards by the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That's team building. They figured out how to build a team with veterans and rookies. It's not one drastic end or the other. It's a mix of players. You talked about it with the activism. The rest, that the locker room, we saw it after the game. It was a different type of team. It was refreshing. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, J- Jason Kelsey when he was going through each he i mean he went through probably 15 20 yeah. people on the team and he mentioned Howie Roseman and that report uh that was confirmed not only did Chip Kelly move him out of like you know out of sight of people Kelsey said I didn't see Howie Rosen for a year after that happened and then he he came all the way back so a special team uh and a special way to end the season uh for the Eagles who are the Super Bowl 52 champions And uh, that is uh, our Thursday show. We will be back. This schedule changes, by the way, uh, officially 
Obviously, this is a bit of a different week coming out of the Super Bowl, but from now until after um, spring mini camps uh, wrap up in late May, early June, we will go three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure to adjust your listening habits as such. Or lose out. Or lose out. That's your problem. Or gain. And uh, one other, a uh, couple other notes. We will have a like a free agency primer, free agency primer special. Uh, I think it might be a standalone uh, show that we're going to put together. So we might actually end up doing four shows tomorrow, next week, three or four. We're not sure yet. Uh, and that will land uh, next early next week. And we did not forget. We just had too much to get to today. Our top ten calls of 2017. Uh, we've been curating all year with Fulton. Uh, and now we have to narrow it down to 10 and share our favorite calls of the year. So that is that. You know, there's a couple of those calls that are really, really close as far as top 10 goes. Yeah. I think we'll have to talk about this, but we might need listeners to help us out a little bit. Might have to do some kind of. All right. Well, we can talk action. about it, um, how we want to do it. It's never easy. We did it last year and it was narrowing it down from it was 20 something calls and we got it down to 10. So we'll, we'll talk about it. And uh, that's it. Do you, do you have something you want to play us out on uh, for today's show, Lindsay? Well, I was going to play the chant that we were talking about with Jason Kelsey's speech. Oh, you want to play the speech. And you, as a professional wrestling fan, Lindsay, I know you probably love the fact that when he started going through each of the names, the crowd started going, what? What? The di- well, the difference here being that this is attached to a real sport, but, uh, but point made. <laughs> Hey, you know, some damn. of those wrestlers are more athletic than oh, a lot of damn, professional. Mark? Oh, yeah, calm down. We're please. not going to get into this. <laughs> yeah, that, Mark, that is that is firing a grenade, by the way, at, at a wrestler. It's a wrestling not game. a sport. Um, it's scripted entertainment. Sure it is, but the. Do we really want to have this conversation no, now? No, we'll save this for. Okay. Anyway, what I was saying, Lindsay, was th- that is a famous crowd really originated in professional wrestling was the what? What? Is that what we're going to listen to? I still do it. I mean, I was going to play the actual chant that he was referring to. I have no idea what Lindsay's about to play, but that's how the show is going to end. So, until Monday, this is Dan Hansa signing off. For Quiet Storm, the mailman, Lindsay Rhodes in absentia, and the great Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.